Into sports. 20 yards out. Urs to shoot. Don't oh, oh, what a goal for Fabinho! Wow! And get into the all-new OTB Sports app. I think when he apologises to me, I probably will say hello to him. Yeah, no. Videos, sports news, live scores, interviews. If Fabregas is going to come up to me in the street and give me some of a mouth that he would have given me on a football pitch, what do we get a slap? Plus exclusive content on the OTB Podcast Network. The biggest names in sports. Ready when you are. Search OTB Sports on your app store and download it now. The OTB Podcast Network. Now, really looking forward to chatting to our next guest. He's a young man who's making unbelievable progress in the world of motorsport. And it looks like he's destined for big things. Luca Allen, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for making time, Luca. Thanks very much. Great, great to be here talking to you. You first got involved in racing at the age of nine in 2012, karting. And then I'm going to give the kind of potted history and we can chat to you a bit about the rise. So nine years old, karting, suddenly at 15, you find yourself in British F4 and you were racing around India and Thailand and Malaysia and the Philippines, all around the world. You had 12 wins, you had 28 podiums from 40 races. And then uh, you caught the eye of a team over in Japan, a Japanese super formula, which is maybe a similar level to F2. It's where, you know, F1 teams come and have a look at drivers. And COVID got in the way, but eventually you got out there and this was halfway through the season. And in your very first race, your first time in the car, your first time at the track, I mean, they were probably hoping you'd just finish. Uh, You came home in sixth and you beat your teammate. And that's kind of the very, very short version of your meteoric rise to an unbelievably serious level of of racing. Have I kind of got the gist there? Yeah, 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 that's about right, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a massive struggle getting over last year. Um, but it was it was a hard year for everyone, but luckily managed to get over. Um, I missed the first few races. I was even considering trying to hop on a fishing boat over to China or something just to get there and get in the car. But um, yeah, I, I mean, the, it, it went unbelievably well last year. Luckily, um, it was another massive step up um, after winning the F4 Championship the year before. And... Um, yeah, I'm just delighted to be in the position I am now and uh, working very hard to make sure I make the most out of it. Because I guess like in any sport, when you take the next step up on the ladder to the next level, you must wonder, well, OK, how am I going to go against this bunch? You know, so I don't know, were you expecting to come sixth in your very first race and beat your teammate? Um, I didn't really have any expectations for myself um, coming into it. The main goals were just to make a good relationship with the team. Um with my engineer just so we understand each other and um, the style of and just even racing out in Japan it's a whole different style of anything I've done before um, so I was happy with the sixth place the team was happy and uh, we were progressing from there and um, now we're we're in communication trying to set up a good foundation now for this year. Mm, I think the new season is set to get underway in April is it? Hopefully fingers crossed yeah um, yeah and so what are you, you're, you're 19, Luca. In general, are you, are you one of the younger guys out there at Japanese Super Formula level? Yeah, um, I'm 19 in June. Um, so oh, yeah, 18, the, wow. Yeah, so um, yeah, in the championship I'm in now, I think the next oldest person, or the next youngest person, sorry, is my teammate and he's 20, 21 or so. Um, so I do have age on my side, luckily, uh, for the next uh, year or so. But yeah, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's no rush, which is which is quite a nice feeling. 
mm. age-wise, but still, I wouldn't give it to myself as an, as an excuse to, <laughs> to not do well. <laughs> and so this this rise, I mean, you're getting a car, a cart at nine years of age, 2012. Clearly, you must love it. I mean, straight away, you must think, okay, I found my thing here. Yeah, um, I think it's one of those kind of weird memories I have doing like the I can remember getting to the to the track and seeing the car and then just going around just doing it for the first time and it's like even just being able to control something within like the throttle and it sounds a bit whatever loopy loopy but uh I, yeah I, I'll always remember my first time stepping into a car and since then it's just kind of been tunnel vision since then really I'm, I'm lucky to have found my passion so young and and to be able to work hard with yeah I know it doesn't sound loopy at all I mean nine years old the power the thrill the speed all makes perfect <laughs> perfect sense and, and then so how how do you judge that you're good enough for instance to go to british f4 um well it was it was kind of through karting it's more of a kind of natural rise as you'd say just you, you're not really going there uh, as a professional racing driver of course when you're nine or ten years old um it was it was when i was i think my third year of karting I won the national championship um, along with a few other small club championships. And, and I mean, the goal was always Formula One uh, since I was five, but it only kind of became, I wouldn't more real, it started to get more realistic after so I win a few more things. And then I always wanted to make the next step to F4. I mean, that's where I saw the other guys that rose to me. And, mm. and that's another kind of memory I have. When I remember just sitting in the F4 car for the first time then, and just kind of looking around and being like, holy, whatever, <laughs> just like, yeah. Mm. And is it, does it, maybe it's too simplistic, is it F4, F3, F2, F1, that's the general ranking, is it? That's, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of the simple way in saying it. There's, there's plenty of different championships um, along the way, and, and yeah, but that's the general yeah. matter. Yeah, so you're a Japanese super formula, which, like I said, is kind of F2 territory. But I know, for instance, like the Schumacher brothers, Eddie Irvine, like it's a well-trodden path. Lots of people have come through that way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and it's starting to become a bit more popular now for yeah. European drivers coming over to Japan. Um, it's, just, it's such it's a great racing culture. It's uh, The people are nice. The drivers are fast. Uh, you get good deals over there. They're, they're, they're sponsors and manufacturers willing to help you. Um, if you can drive the car fast enough and um, yeah, it's a great environment to be in. How fast is the car now then? What's zero to 100k? So the car I'm driving this year, zero to 100k, I think my first my, or my fastest one this year was 2.8 seconds, uh, zero to 100 kilometers. And then I think in Fuji, our top speed was about 280. Wow. Nice long straight in Fuji. So, yeah. Wow. Did you pass your driving test? I did second time though. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was a scandal actually the first time. I didn't know what went wrong. But anyway, I got over it. <laughs> Do not turn around and say, Do you not know who I am? This is an outrage. <laughs> no, it, after the, my first driving test, and we got in and he was whatever, tell me where I'm wrong. And, and obviously, I wasn't going to sit there and say I'm a professional race driver, but he was, he was just saying, Listen, whatever, if you just get your experience with driving, you'll eventually be able to control the car. And, but I, I, I kept my cool and I was like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> oh, that is so good. That is so good. What did you fail on? What did you do wrong? It was two things, um, pedestrian crossing and reversing too fast. You know, you have to reverse around the right corner, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> they were the two failures. <laughs> I, so, I mean, where does um, 
fear is the wrong word, obviously, but I, I and maybe when you're young, even more so, but driving at 280 kilometers per hour, do, I mean, is that in any way uh, uncomfortable? Do you ever think, oh my God, this is just uh, faster than my brain wants to go? Or have you taken to all that pretty naturally? Maybe, maybe nobody in your, at your level even thinks about safety. Yeah, I mean, safety wouldn't really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it wouldn't cross your mind, but I think for me and I think for a lot of drivers, once you have all your gear on, once you're strapped into the car, you kind of, well, for me, you kind of have just kind of an invincible kind of feeling in a way, in a safety sense. Um, there is that, I suppose, kind of fear factor of when you'd say, look at the data and your engineer tells you, right, you need to take this corner flat, like keep the throttle down, whatever, and you're kind of driving and you're like, like that's you, like, uh, there is that, that slight thing with just pushing, with pushing the limits on track. Right. That's, you can't get a small fear factor, but um, no, I mean, that's where the adrenaline comes from that's what makes it fun so yeah that's pretty interesting so your engineer would go through a track with you and say on different corners at what level you should be at you break it down like that yeah um yeah very precisely really we do so there could be a practice session and then we come in and we get up all the data um all the throttle inputs the the brake pressure the brake distance and whatever and it would, it would almost be down to the meter kind of, um, and there'd be different throttle techniques, braking techniques, just cr- trying to get the car to move. So it's almost more scientific than, you know, get out there, get fired up and, and do some racing kind of an attitude. It's, 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 it's more meticulous and scientific than kind of instinctive. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think for any spectators watching at home, it, it probably looks a lot easier than, than what goes on behind the scenes but um yeah there's well i mean you got thousands of kids competing to be the fastest faster than anyone so to be the fastest you have to you have to work very hard and sure. and really make every little detail count i know because the margins are nuts the margins are insane we're talking yeah. like it's like you break a touch early and it's like well you've screwed that lap up yeah oh yeah no it's crazy sometimes you get like in qualifying the top 10 cars could be within like a second or something and yeah. it's like seconds whatever click the finger and that's a two minute lap it's uh yeah. the margins are insane <laughs> something i wanted to ask you was about how you get better so like if i'm a aspiring footballer there are lots of drills i can do away from actually playing a match you know i can dribble in out of cones i can do shooting practice with driving is there anything comparable to that or is the only way to get better just to get on a track and to race um that's actually something i've been working on a lot in the last year in rather than doing my training running as far as i can just kind of narrowing my training down to how i can really get the fine details out of myself and and one thing that helped me a lot with that was an ex-irish formula one driver called derek daly he has a book um and if there's any young racing drivers who've ever listened to this it's uh, it's called race to win and that made me realize how i can work myself and all the little details like my hand-eye coordination my agility my um whatever rather than just working on running or cycling or that kind of thing Mm. um so for me i i've kind of um um tailored my my training to just not so much straining my body all the time more like working my brain as my heart rate is up or um, working on my hand-eye coordination working on of course my fitness as well and just a very uh especially in f3 now where, where it's a lot more physical you need, you need to really be 
at the tip top condition because I mean you can't get to the end of the race and on the last lap all of a sudden decide you're a bit tired and you know when you have five guys on your backs. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of driver would you be considered Luca you know different drivers have different strengths or different ways of getting around a track what would your you know if I, if I was to ask your engineer or your um, team manager what kind of driver is Luca what do you suspect they would say? Um, that's a good question um, I like I I always like the first few laps of a race when the tires are cold and it's all everyone's a bit very. I, I like making up. Uh, I tend to be quite strong at, at the start of races. Okay. Um, one thing I've been really trying to work on is like my one lap qualifying, like getting a lot because you don't have too many chances because the tires will go off. So mm. that's something I'm trying to work on. And my consistency has been quite good this year. That's one of the things I was working on. I'm trying to just become an a complete driver. I think uh, Michael Schumacher would be the great example for that. He was, he worked on himself that he was just such a complete driver in every aspect and every aspect. And I think there's a lot of drivers that are great in some aspects and then maybe worse than others. And I saw that in myself um, a bit at the start of the season. So that's what I'm trying to kind of iron out now. Mm. Just um, You mentioned Schumacher there. So, cause I was going, I was wondering if you're a fan of watching the sport as well. Like lots of people love, doing the sport, but they're pretty bored sitting around for three, four hours watching a Grand Prix or whatever. So would you have been a fan of watching the sport and trying to learn from the great drivers in your teenage years? Yeah, um, I've never really looked up, say, to anyone on the F1 grid at the moment. Um, there's certain legends, of course, such as Michael Schumacher and Arton Senna mm-hmm. and um, obviously Eddie Irvine because he was half Irish or fully Irish, whatever, and... Uh, and someone I do like a lot is Max Verstappen now. Okay. Um, and as well, when I was growing up, when I first started watching Formula One, um, when I was about five, and my dad was a big fan of Formula One as well, and he loved Schumacher and, and Eddie Irvine with Ferrari. So I just grew up loving yeah. the red cars. <laughs> that was <laughs> a cool. That, I mean, yeah. that was such a cool era. Schumacher and Irvine with Ferrari was amazing. I know? can't really remember it, but <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you'd, you'd even be that bit young, wouldn't you? Yeah, of course. Have you watched the Senna documentary? I presume it's 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 been on your radar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I've watched that probably about five times now. Yeah. It's great, yeah. There, we often get texts in that the Netflix F1 series is really good. I haven't seen it. Drive to Survive, yeah. Whoever produced it did an amazing job of just mm. kind of getting the personalities of the drivers and more of an insight to behind the scenes. Because um, as I said, I think from a spectator's view, and you wouldn't blame them. I mean, it, it just looks like someone's driving a car or whatever, turning the wheel, pushing some pedals. Um and the Netflix show definitely did a great job at, at capturing all the different challenges and mm. and characteristics of Formula One, let's say. In between F4 and, as I said, doing brilliantly at F4 and racing across India and Thailand and Malaysia and the Philippines and now making this step up to Japan Super Formula, uh, where does Luca Allen's education happen in the midst of all this? I mean, are you, are you trying to do your leaving cert in the midst of all this or what's been happening there? Um, I completed my, I completed school just back in, I got the predicted grades, the kind of COVID oh, you're, results you're thing. That generation, okay. Yeah, so that worked into my favour because I was, <laughs> I was over to Southeast Asia with the F4 and, okay. and I took the books with me, don't get me wrong, I was still kind of, that was my mum's influence kind of, trying to get me to study a bit but yeah but uh now i'm just studying or focusing on racing really mm. and um mm. just trying to yeah i mean i don't want to look back in 10 years and think god i should have worked a bit harder of course when i had the opportunity so um yeah, yeah full focus on racing now 
So, I mean, I, I guess everybody in Japanese Super Formula now, even those guys a few years older than you, they all want to be an F1. That's that's what all you guys ultimately are dreaming of in a perfect world. How difficult is that? Like, for instance, how many of the, I don't know how many drivers are in the Japanese Super Formula season this year? Say it's 20, more than that, you can tell me. But But how many of them are likely to make it onto the Formula One circuit at some stage? Um... Not many, less than five percent, I suppose. Um, okay, maybe even less than that. Yeah, like Formula One is, um, it's the top twenty drivers in the world, basically. Yeah, it's um, nuts. yeah. With the way it's going in now, I don't know. Like you look at the Formula One grid, there's four or five billionaires on the grid, and you're just kind of thinking, is it what it used to be uh, with all the different uh, politics and everything? But mm. Formula One's my dream. I want, I want to be in Formula One. Um, fly the Irish flag and and get the country involved a bit and yeah. um, that's kind of that's really my goal. I'd love to just just get a get a bit of a crowd going and and, and um, get the Irish flag up and form the one again. Well, listen, don't worry. We like a bandwagon, so as soon as you get there, everybody will be on board pretty quickly. <laughs> I guarantee you. And do you know from your times that you do in Japanese Super Formula? how close they are to the guys at Formula One level? Like, are you able to look at what you're doing and say, oh, I'm not a million miles away, or are the cars just so different it's impossible to know? Yeah, yeah, the cars will be uh, very different. Okay. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. To be honest, um, I'm not sure what I'd be like compared to the Formula One drivers. I'd like to maybe do a little race against mm. and see how it goes. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guys at Formula One, they're, they're the best of the best. Yeah. Um, especially, especially the five kind of great drivers that I consider would be like Leclerc, Max Verstappen, uh, Sebastian Vettel, Lewis Hamilton. Um, I like Daniel Ricciardo as well. Um, mm. And I mean, to even to get to get to a level like that would just be amazing. That's what I'm trying to work towards now. Yeah, no, I take your point. It's not easy. What is it that makes those guys so great? What is it that separates them for you? not sure i mean like you look at max verstappen and he's just he's fearless and he just he's getting a bit more mature now but he just goes for every move and might not work at all the time and and you like through the fast corners he's just so committed and then you look at a driver like lewis hamilton where uh he's just so smooth he can always just bang in that that qualifying lap uh yeah. whenever he is could have the world of pressure on his heels and he can just drive it smoothly and that's where the experience shows and it's just different characteristics from every driver that um, that what I think might made Michael Schumacher just the, the the best driver of all time. Okay. So Schumacher still had all of that. In my opinion, you might it's Lewis at the moment. I think it's kind of Lewis Hamilton, Michael Schumacher. I think they're after equaling the records uh, for world championships. Are they? Yeah. And so, what's Hamilton's greatest quality in your opinion, or is he is he actually very complete as well? Yeah, he, now he's definitely a very complete driver in my opinion as well he has he has the qualifying pace he has the race pace and even though uh there was one race last year in in portugal because everyone of course loves to say hampton is the best car but anyone in that car they could win and i think he was start the mercedes car or fifth or something and he ends up winning the race by something like 20 seconds or 50 something crazy or something in the end and it was just mm. it was a, it was a great display of of what he can do and yeah yeah in the wet weather of course he's always been great in the wet Hamilton. yeah is it um, a tough thing to go into the level you're at now and your driving dictates the success of the team and therefore everybody getting paid? 
you know, and like keeping the show on the road. There's <laughs> there's a few mortgages depending on you kind of doing a good job. <laughs> is that the reality when you go in at, at this level? Yeah, um, I suppose it is. It's I wouldn't say an unfortunate reality, but you just kind of have to learn to cope with the pressure of, of course, you want to do well for yourself, but um, especially for me, I want to I want to do well for my sponsors and, and my supporters and people who've believed in me since I was nine. So I think mm. that drives me on a lot to to do my best and work my hardest. But um, yeah, there's definitely like a, almost like a financial burden on your head thing when you step into the car. But I try to just kind of put it out and, and get the job done. Mm. Luca, if anyone is just tuning in now and we're talking to Luca Allen, who is, is currently driving a Japanese Super Formula level, which is about same tier as F2. So it's an incredibly high level. If anyone just tuned in, they'll be amazed to hear you're only 18. You know, you're incredibly uh, mature and eloquent and level-headed and just uh, unbelievably impressive as an 18-year-old. So uh, where do things like homesickness come into it? Where does th- where does like being over in Japan on your own come into it? Do you take all that in your stride? Um, when, when I went over to Japan last year, um, I think it was two and a half months I was over there. And to be honest, before I went over there, I just wanted to get over there because I was after not driving a car for about eight months. And um, and obviously for most part, a year is a long time to miss out in your career. Mm. Um, once I got over, I mean, I've always kind of been fine with homesickness, luckily. You do kind of miss just walking into the kitchen and having someone to talk to sometimes. Um, but I mean, it was fine. I mean, everyone's so friendly in Japan. The team were great at uh, welcoming me in and... and um, yeah, I mean, it was fine. Uh, it, it's it's worth it anyway. Yes, yes, not a, not a big problem amazing. for you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. good. So, listen, amazing. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. I mean, it's great to hear about how well you're doing. And I guess, fingers crossed with COVID and everything, Japanese Super Formula season kicks off again in April. Unlike last year, hopefully you get a good run at it and get to complete the full season and, and see where you are at the end of it. How long is the season meant to run for? At the moment, uh, they're looking at... April to about October. Okay, right, yeah. great. So I might get home for a month or two in summer. But yeah. Okay, okay, okay. But it's pretty full on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, hopefully anyway. Hopefully we can get a good season under our belts. Okay, well, listen, fingers crossed for you. Hey, I presume if you're coming from your house, you have to be able to cook a decent meal. I mean, I wouldn't like that. I, w- I would not like the pressure of uh, having to cook the Sunday roast in your house. So so what's a, a Luca Allen special if he's in the kitchen and wants to prep something? Um, I like a good steak and chips. Keep in Japan now, when I was cooking for myself, it was mainly just rice and chicken or something simple like that. But as you hope, Dreen is not listening now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, well, well, we'll uh, I'll have to. We'll have to do a little uh, YouTube video off the ball cooking with Luke Allen. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Done. Sold. Uh, hey, listen. Pleasure to to talk to you for the first time. Uh, it seems like you're doing remarkably well, and and keep it going. We might check in with you if you have one of those down months in the summer and see how the first half of the season has gone. But for the time being, Luca Allen, great to have you on the show, my man, and we'll talk to you soon. Perfect. Thanks very much. The OTB Podcast Network.